Welcome back to another episode of Robin Ted's Excellent Adventures. My name's Ted, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by... I'm Rob. Which is your co-host. We have our first guest ever today, which is Mr. Hutton, Mr. Rick Hutton, who is a ruling elder at All Saints Reformed Presbyterian Church, which is our home church. Uh, so we're going to have a fun time today. Robert, you had an opening question. Yes, I have an opening question. And it is, would you rather get gut shot by Mike Tyson or a baseball bat to the knee by Mike Trout? <laughs> oh, well, let's see. So, um, uh, Houdini, who was famous for allowing people to punch him in the gut, mm-hmm. uh, must have had just amazing stomach muscles, died because somebody walked up out of the blue and just punched him when he wasn't prepared. Wow. And it just killed him. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, he held on for a few days, but he died from the internal injuries. Mm, wow. So I'm thinking I don't have any strong gut muscles. Mm-hmm. So I think Tyson could actually kill me. Yeah. Whereas I think, you know, I'd just be laying forever on the, uh, on the, yeah decapitation of my knees so we'll go with lame over dead i think okay so you'd rather so, so you'd rather be able to never walk than never breathe yeah that's yeah that's kind of where i'm at yeah cool cool that makes sense so you were asking before if there's an obvious answer right i feel like but that wasn't it <laughs> that's my answer that's my answer i was like you no. could die you could die i always say you could die yeah. from a gut shot you could always die from yeah, a yeah. gut shot Worst case scenario with like a bat is a knee reconstruction. That's actually crazy because you and I both had an obvious answer. Um, put that in quotes, but <laughs> you're assuming he's just gonna knock the air out of you and it's gonna hurt. Well, well, here's my thing, right? Boxers box, right? And they don't have pads on, right? And they take gut shots from Mike Tyson all the time. And how many people has Mike Tyson killed with a gut shot? No, but a gut shot is different. Because you're yeah, you blocking can, and defending, and so it's yeah, very rare they get a clean gut shot. Yeah. And uh, I don't have. To, I would have to say I was assuming that that it was bare fisted. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking about you know a boxing glove because that makes a big difference. Yeah. Well. Okay. So then, so then the question I have to ask you <laughs> is, why does what's his name? I'm not good at baseball. Mike Trout. Why does Mike Trout get to use his weapon of choice and not Mike Tyson? Mm-hmm. Mike Mike Trout is a baseball player. He gets to hit you with a baseball bat. So why would Mike Tyson have to have a ba- uh, glove on? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes no sense. I forgot to clarify that, but I mean, we can we can put we can put a glove on him. I still if think we put a glove die. on Mike Tyson, I would totally give Mike Tyson over Mike Trout. I think with with a glove, he would still be able to kill you with one punch. Yes, to have a body shot. Well, that's that's what happened to Houdini. It was and, one punch. And, and you have to think about too, like with your. Am boss, I prepared? Am I prepared? What do you mean prepared? Like for the punch? Like, yeah, am I sitting yeah. there, or does he yeah. just get to like come out right right now? Like, sure. Like <laughs> uppercut. One thing you were saying about the boxing, like, oh, he's a you know, you know, plenty of other boxers have taken body shots from him. Right, right. You have to think you're not in his weight class. Everyone who's he's fought and gotten that body shot yeah. have been in his weight class. Right, and, and like Houdini, have trained to be hit in the gut, right? right. They're, they're practicing that maneuver. Yeah. I've never practiced that maneuver, ever. <laughs> okay, 
so then this may be a little stupid to say, but I feel like if I can take a hit from a car in a tree, <laughs> 50 miles per hour, with a tube of gut, there's something like that. I can take a hit from Mike Tyson because I feel like a car is out of Mike Tyson's weight class, but that may be pure pride. But I just don't like the idea of not walking. <laughs> I don't like being stagnant. So I'm old enough that you know the idea of Robert having to push me around in a wheelchair for the rest of my life doesn't really bother me. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I have some growing to do. But if Robert had to push me around in a wheelchair, like just the conversation aspect alone, like what we'd have to talk about for the rest of my life is enough to deter me. Well, there's that. <laughs> So before the podcast started, um, you got both Westminster Confessions of Faith out. You got the shorter and the longer, and that's not the children's, is it? No, no, no. Okay. So it just shows how prepared we are to talk about theology. <laughs> um, Robert, do you have any theology questions? You, you they were joined, all answered yesterday. They were all answered yesterday. Okay. Well, what's the biggest theology question that was answered yesterday? That like you were, whoa. I mean, we were talking about, like, the role of the church and government, right? And, like, how they, how, like, what is their area? Like, one of the things we were talking about is, so, in the Westminster Confession, it says, like, uh, the government can't, can't serve communion, right? And so I asked the clarifying question, okay, so if you have one of our senators who's also an elder, is he not allowed to... And that's not what it's saying. It's saying more like the police can't come into the church and tell me that I can't. Like a police officer uh, on duty can't come and tell me I can't take communion. And but a senator, actually. like a senator who's an elder, he's not being a senator at that moment. No, he's being an elder, right? Yeah, that makes so sense. So you, you have different. We all have different hats we wear at different times, uh-huh. right? So uh, um, I'm both a father and an elder. And so I do things in relation to my family that would be inappropriate for uh, the church as a whole or, mm-hmm. the, or or another elder to do. Yeah. But so sometimes I have my father hat on, sometimes I have my elder hat on. And so a, a senator would just have to know, is he serving as a senator at the moment or is he serving as a ruling elder at the moment? That makes you know, sense. You have your, your hat on. But the, the government itself, you know, uh, would be, you know, not should not be serving communion, as you said. You know, having a having having a worship service where they serve communion. So that'd be uh, even uh, when I was at seminary. So I was at seminary, you know, studying to uh, to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. I never actually you know became a teaching elder, became a pastor, but I was studying, and uh, the the seminary would have like many colleges would have chapel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm which is fine. So we would go and we'd hear somebody preach and we would sing. But then they would go a step further and actually have communion. Mm-hmm. And a number of us would not go because the seminary is not a church mm. and therefore should not be administering the sacraments. Uh, but they didn't like go to a certain like chapel building? Because like, I know some college yeah, well, yeah, have look, chapel it, buildings. It, yeah, it was a chapel building. It looked like a church building but it wasn't an organized church. Mm-hmm. So in doing, it's not the building, it's the institution, right? Yeah. And so uh, what has to go along with 
administering the sacraments is everything that there is that belongs to the church. And so um, in, uh, in ministering the Lord's Supper, in, in, in the, the pastor and the elders offering the Lord's Supper to you every week also implies that they have the authority to refrain from offering it to you. Uh-huh. And so there's a discipline aspect, right? When, you, when you're examined to become a member, uh, we're saying welcome to the family. Uh-huh. And then you have the rights of a family member, right? Uh, so I can't just on my own initiative walk into uh, to your house and sit down for dinner and expect you to feed me. Yeah, you know I have to be invited in. I see. And the communion is the church's family meal in that sense. And so the elders function as the father or the gatekeeper of the front door that say who's in and who's in the family and who's not in the family. So did the chapel have elders and whatever, or was it kind of speakers? Yeah, we, they would just have different professors speak or guest speakers. So there's no, there's no, uh, there's no church body yeah. where mm-hmm. discipline is being administered and, and, and so forth. It's, it, you know, in that sense, it's more like a class, mm-hmm. you know, where you're going to chapel. Uh, now, it's a class where it's more focused on God and worshiping than, say, our Greek class was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the communion is the is the church's family meal, and there's no church there at the seminary. Interesting. So just because it looks like a church, smells like a church, acts like a church, doesn't mean it's a church. Yes. Gotcha. Now, I, I, actually, I would go, I'd say yes and no. Oh. Now, if, if it actually does do all the things that a church does, mm-hmm. but doesn't call itself a church, I would say, actually, you are a church. Gotcha. But see, they weren't doing discipline. They weren't, they weren't uh, discipling in that sense. Uh, you know, so we talk about the marks of the church being um, the, uh, the right preaching of the word, the right administration of the sacraments, and the right exercise of discipline. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got a group that's doing all of those things, then you go, that's the church. That's church. Yeah. Interesting. But they weren't doing all of the things. They were just doing some of the things. That's, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that because like, I, I never really thought about it, but like to me, I'd always thought like college chapel, that's actually like a chapel and not like, cause I know some colleges just like meet out on the lawn. Yeah. yeah. And of course you wouldn't have a communion table there. Um, but I mean, I guess you could. You could, yeah, sure. Yeah, so. Well, we did. Um, uh, during COVID, when, uh, when, when, you know, when, when it was being said you know, it's not safe to be inside, we had worship outside. We, uh, we uh, you know, we set up our speakers and our chairs and set up a table. And we on, did, like, this property, or did you go to, like, the VMFA or we something? We went to, we actually went to a church in Mechanicsville that had a big lawn. Okay. So we met out on there. That's crazy. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. Everybody brought their, and actually everybody just brought their lawn chair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, and I took, you know, I, I, I transported the, the speaker system so we could hear the pastor uh-huh. and, and the communion trays and all that. I took, wow. uh, just set that up and brought it back. Was everyone well, still in like suits? That's stuff? literally what I was getting ready to ask. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is everyone still dressed up? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, I think that the elders were, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and 
but I don't, I don't know. I think it was a little more casual. Yeah. One of the problems that Mr. Fender and I had was our hats. Oh. We, uh, you know, it's outside, it's sunny. So we're, and it was like June, so it's warm sun. Uh So we were wearing our big white brimmed hats. Uh And then we were trying to decide uh, if it was appropriate, when it was appropriate to have them on and when it wasn't during worship. Mm -hmm. So what we finally concluded is we'd wear it for all of worship except for during the prayer. Yeah. And then we just took them off whenever we prayed. Yeah. So that's probably what I would have done. Yeah, that's, that would be my like presupposition is take it off when you're praying. So one thing I've been wondering, this kind of goes along the lines of the prayer. Would you say, because I've thought about this, like if you have sunglasses on, right? It's not covering your head, but it's on your head, right? Right, yeah. It's... And to be quite honest, I'm not convinced that it is really a, um, it's a duty mm. uh, to uncover our heads. Uh, it goes back to uh, the church used to understand um, the uh, passage in I can't remember where it is Timothy I want to say it's actually is it Peter where uh, a woman should not pray, should pray with her head covered and, uh, and a man Corinthians. should oh yeah it might be First Corinthians and a man should uh, should not pray should not pray with his head covered mm-hmm. and so Historically, the Protestant church, most Protestant churches would, uh, the ladies would wear a hat during all of worship, uh, and the men would, would not wear a hat at all during worship. Of course, men in our culture didn't wear hats indoors anyway, Yeah, regardless of, of the, uh, whether it was worship or not. Uh, but that's, that's where that tradition of like taking your baseball cap off you know, during the prayer at the beginning of the game or whatever. Uh, where that came from, and uh, the best understanding I have of that passage, I looked at it years ago, uh, was that it was uh, it was, what Paul was really communicating uh, was that um, women and men are different, mm-hmm. and that their attire should reflect that difference. Huh. And uh, and he even talks about. Uh, the you know, women's long hair being given to them as a covering. Yeah, and so uh, I think uh, w- what the what the passage is driving at is that uh, women should uh, look like women, uh-huh. and men should look like men, and uh, and for uh, to be in a worship setting, to be in a prayer setting, where the men and women look alike and are thought of as being the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, is 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 inappropriate. That makes sense. Uh, so I think that's you know. So I think that removing our hat during prayer is really a leftover from mm-hmm. the age in which women had to have a hat on and men had to not have a hat on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think really the teaching there is that men should look like men and women should look like women. That's interesting. I've never really thought about that because. I've had like long, like slightly longer hair before, mm-hmm. and then one of the podcasts that we listen to a lot did an episode on like um, 
like why long hair is bad for men. It's a bunch of pastors in a CREC. No, no, it's, it's non-denominational. It's non-denominational. They subscribe to yeah. Westminster. But they subscribe to Westminster. Okay. Uh-huh. So they're pretty based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they did an episode, and this was when I was like actually kind of growing my hair out. And yeah. so Robert and my mom were like, "You should, you, Ted, you should listen to that," <laughs> um, because we hate your hair. <laughs> and so, being the willing to try anything boy that I am, yeah, I listened yeah. to the episode, and basically, what they concluded was, as long as you aren't trying to look like a female and you aren't looking like a female right. like if someone if 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 someone has mistaken you as a female you failed and you need to cut your hair right yeah yeah but if no one's has done that so i took it with a grain of salt and cut my hair anyway because i was like hey it's yeah. a change like yeah. i like change so i cut my hair but now like they have a school at their church and one of the like rules for their school is actually boys cannot have hair longer than their ears um, it was like it couldn't go past your shoulder. They had a hair length like yeah. standard for boys. Yeah, like, yeah. like boys and young men cannot have your hair going past a certain point just because they were very like trying not to kind of walk that line. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, and when you're when you're younger, uh, especially like in your early teens, uh, it is easier uh, to look to be mistaken for the for the opposite sex, yeah. right? You know, I could let my hair grow long now and nobody's going to think no. I'm a woman, right? Uh, 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 or um, I don't know if you know Fred Hedgecoth in our church. Uh, he has long hair, but nobody's going to ever pause yeah. and go, is, is, you know, from yeah. front or back and go, is, yeah. that, is that a woman over there? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's just not going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's the length of the hair, but exactly what you're saying. That, that Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember I was so happy. I think I was like 14 or 15 when I was on a call on the phone with like the bank or something and they stopped saying yes, ma'am. And started saying yes, yes, let's go. I'm finally a real man. Yes. Yes. The bank acknowledges it. So yeah, I, I didn't at the beginning of the podcast. I should have, um, gotten what's a little bit of a background about you. Um, Oh, that's always a dangerous thing to ask a guy who believes in history. Because I could just start like, you know, my my sixth great-grandfather. <laughs> Matter of fact, my sixth great-grandfather on both my mother's and my father's side uh, lived in uh, Appalachia within five miles of where I was born. Wow. So in the western part of Virginia in the mountains. So your family, like, a long time ago didn't really get out much? No, we didn't get out. <laughs> and, of course, back then, 17 and 1800s, nobody yeah, most sense. people didn't. Yeah. Most people lived, you know, born, lived, and died in a, in a small space. And uh, but I did know guys growing up that had never been outside our county. Oh wow! Yeah. And uh, uh, but then uh, came to Richmond for Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, started attending All Saints. Fell in love with the church. Met my wife, uh, Kathy, at. DCU also, uh, she's from the Midwest, uh, and so with with our except for our short short jaunt to the north for further education, we've we've been in Richmond ever since the beginning of college. So, this may be a really weird question, uh-huh. but I've actually kind of wondered it ever since I heard that you grew up in Appalachia. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you were 
indoctrinated to in Appalachia that you kind of had to drop here because the only other and I and I asked this because the only other person from Appalachia that uh-huh. I know uh-huh. was she was an old lady loved pot and she was babysitting us and she tried to convince us all that the world is flat. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't grow up in that that level of Appalachia. Um, uh, no, I mean there are a lot of, of little things that are unique to that area, um, uh, like uh, what uh, what do you call a um, uh, a knit cap that you wear, you know, outside in the snow? A beanie. A beanie. beanie. We called that a toboggan. And, and that's a sled. That's a sled. Yeah. Yes, for anybody else, that's a sled. Yeah. But there's this narrow path of uh, from about Roanoke down to about Sevierville, Tennessee, Roanoke, Virginia, down, down the mountains, where if you grew up in that area, you called that a toboggan. And nowhere else have I ever found anybody that, you know, as soon as I find out they grew up in that area, I'll ask them that question. And uh, <laughs> they... Um, you know, they'll say toboggan, but you ask anybody else and they don't. And then there are just words that, you know, we, uh, that tended to get slurred uh, because of the accent. Yeah. You know, mine's fairly mild, but because of the accent, mm-hmm. I have words misassociated in my <laughs> head. And so um, the, the, thing you, the, 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 the thing you take with your camera and the, the uh, thing you pour water out of into your glass, they're both pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, uh, you take a pitcher, sense. pour water into your cup from a pitcher. That makes gotcha. sense. Yeah. And so there's some other things like that. But uh, now I Interesting. I, well, you know, I think the, another big one was that I, I thought that I was a Southerner. You know, grew up in Virginia in a rural setting. So that must make me a Southern. He refuses to believe that. Yeah. It's not that I refuse to. I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. Well, I, but when I got to Richmond, I realized that there's a difference between being a Southerner and being from Appalachia. Oh. <laughs> being from Appalachia is like its own thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I would I would agree with that. So uh, you're in a league of your own. Yeah, we're <laughs> in a league of our own. So I have two questions based off what you just told me. Okay. <laughs> if a beanie is a toboggan. What's a toboggan? Well, we didn't have, to, I, I, you know. Uh, You're in the time, mountains and you didn't have toboggans? The only time I ever saw a toboggan was in, was like in a book. I never actually saw a toboggan. Because, you know, a toboggan is the one that like, like curves, curves up, up. kind of. Yeah, yeah. Nobody in Appalachia has one of those. Now we had, we had, uh, we had the sleds. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I remember even my, my father, who's now 80, uh, four. Mm-hmm. When he was a kid, he had uh, he had a sled, and it's uh, so the ones you know the one where you have the, the the metal runners on each side, yeah, and then kind of a wooden bar in the front that if you push really hard, it'll kind of change the angle of the runners. So that we those were very common. Gotcha. And then um, and then just uh, uh, otherwise you were just riding whatever. Boards, trash can lids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, so when you saw that like toboggan in the book, did you just think, oh, it's another type of sled or whatever? Well, uh, no, I, I guess at some point I was told that was a toboggan, and so I just assumed, 
both things, you know, because there's plenty of words that where the one word means two different things. Yeah, like pitcher and pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard that Apple, like if you go to Appalachia today in certain parts, uh-huh. they call they still call a refrigerator vice box, right? Is that true? Well, I, I don't. It, it could very well be. Uh, we didn't. Although we had an ice box, okay. Not not that we used that as our refrigerator. My um, my father still had his parents' ice box. It was our liquor cabinet. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So we still had we still had it sitting sitting in the den. So. Wow. So what what was like fun? Like what did you do for fun in Appalachia? Yeah, because you always say. You were in that area, yeah, 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 right. But you never got into hunting. You never got into fishing. I know, isn't that wild? Uh, uh, when I was when I was young, you know, like uh, uh, 10, 12, uh, I would bike all over the place. Gotcha. You know, I'd get up on you know, you know in the summer when you're out of school, I'd get up and take off on my bike. My, often I would pack a lunch and take off and you know run over to my friend's house. And this is not like, we wouldn't be like biking for exercise or trail biking or, or, or um, uh, you know, X Games type biking. This was just to run around. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we would uh, just run all over town on our bikes and um, uh, play like, uh, uh, like polo. You know how in polo the guys riding the horses and yeah. hitting the uh-huh. we would do it on our bicycle with a tin can in our foot. You know, we would oh. we'd be riding around the you know abandoned parking lot kicking the can and, and you know off our bicycle. Wow. And uh, explored a lot of railroad tracks and uh, and those sort of things. So had a lot of independence uh, that you know, a lot of kids wouldn't have mm-hmm. now. You know, you wouldn't let your ten or twelve year old just disappear all day. Yeah. And run around town on his bicycle, uh, and then, uh, and then later teens, uh, uh, the high school band was really big, because there were less things to do. Uh, more kids were in the band, gotcha. so there were. Uh, our high school was eighth to twelfth grade, uh-huh. and there were four hundred fifty kids in the high school, and we had one hundred fifty of them in the band. Mm-hmm. So like a third of the high school was in the was in the band, and uh, we we competed all over the uh, Mid Atlantic area down in North and South Carolina. What instrument did you play? Saxophone. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. So I have a question. So did you ever see? Because I feel like Appalachia, along with other places uh-huh. in America, are some of those places where you just see strange things. In the sense of like, so you go to the Pacific Northwest. Nephilims. Where I'm going, you're, yeah, that's what I'm getting to. Um, you see like Bigfoot, right? If you go to the Pacific Northwest, you see like Bigfoot, mm-hmm. right? Like that's like the thing. Did Damn you ever man. see anything supernatural? You mean when I wasn't drinking moonshine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We can talk about the one. All right. So, so that's our next question. How's moonshine? <laughs> Yeah, you know, actually, I, I just I said that, but I didn't grow up in that kind of environment either. My, <laughs> my father did. Now, my father grew up in West Virginia in a small coal mining holler. Was he a flat earther? 
Uh, no, I don't believe so. Huh. But then his, his yeah, yeah, that's a different story. Um, so but in that small town, uh, it's the, there was one store. Uh, it was the post office, the bank, the grocery store, um, uh, the gas station. It was all in all in this one building. Sounds and, awesome. And you would, uh, and if you wanted your moonshine, you'd pull up to the to the uh, gas pump and then beep your horn three times, and that was the signal for the guys to come down off the mountain with a couple of gallons of shine to, and you know, make the deal there at the store. Nice. So yeah, so he'd tell me those stories, you know, from wow. his growing up. Um, but alcohol was a big thing, you know, now it's, they're always talking about the, uh, uh, Oxycontin and the opioids that everybody's yeah. taken. But uh, back then, uh, alcohol was a bigger thing. So I didn't grow up drinking a lot of moonshine, but, uh, I did grow up drinking, okay. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, remember sneaking behind the football stadium at 14 to, you know, drink cherry vodka and stuff. <laughs> It's just what you did. And that's why you're not a Baptist. That's why I'm not a Baptist. That's right. Couldn't, couldn't cut the Catholic, right? Because we know Catholics out of all of like the people who claim Jesus. Uh-huh. They Catholic, drink the most. Catholics, right? And then second <laughs> is Presbyterians, right? Well, I don't know. The old joke used to be that, um, that uh, uh, Baptist drink inside with the shades pulled down oh, yeah. <laughs> and that Presbyterians drink inside with the shades up and the Episcopalians drink out on the front porch. Yep. Oh, okay. so I, I feel like I've heard that. Yeah. But Let's, hold on. Wait, wait, Let's pause for a second. All right, we're back. Okay. So did you see anything weird? Did I see anything like that? Back avoided. to the question. Yeah. Did I see anything weird? Uh, Supernatural. No, no, I don't no. Supernatural. So We've what's your seen, opinion on yeah. the supernatural? Do you believe in Nephilims? There was this girl in high school that <laughs> was, was referred to as super, but no. no, no. So she was a Nephilim? <laughs> yeah. So do you believe in Nephilims? Yeah. Like, is it like, are you a. No, I, I think, uh, you know, there are about three or four different possible interpretations of that passage uh, in, in, uh, in Genesis. Uh -huh. And. Uh, I, there's, there are two, um, there's a, there's a two themes that run through Genesis and, and it's the, the, it's the theme of the godly line and the ungodly line. And, uh, so you have in essence, the, uh, the line of, of Seth and the line of Cain. Um, and that story is being told all the way through, uh, Genesis. And so I think when it gets to. Um, uh, when it when it gets to that to that uh, place and says that the sons of God uh, took for themselves uh, you know whoever they wanted from the daughters of men, mm -hmm. I think what it's talking about is uh, uh, that the uh, they're, they're talking it's talking about mixed marriages, not mixed as in racially mixed, but mixed as in the godly. Men oh. are, are being unequally yoked to the ungodly women. The two lines, since the the narrative is talking about those two lines, yeah, it's it's the two lines are mixing, and as is typically the case, the godly line isn't elevating the ungodly. The ungodly is dragging down the godly line to the point where Noah's the only one left. 
Gotcha. Right? Noah and his family are the only godly family left because they've all intermarried. Ah. And, uh, that makes sense. But it's way less fun to believe. It really is. And so my question to you is, if I ever say, if I ever am called to be an elder uh-huh. here, yeah. are you going to be like, so, what's your opinion <laughs> on Nephilims? No. And then I spout off about how, like... Yeah. No, and the, the position on Nephilims is not... It's not an exception. It's not a requirement <laughs> for eldership on all saints. Cool. It, but as you say, not as much fun. It's the same thing with the dispensationalist pre-mill view of Revelation. Yeah. Uh, they make much better movies than yeah. the Amill view. Well, they're more fun to think about. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I guess it's a point like, where are you in your walk with God? Are you trying to have fun with Nephilims or are you trying to really understand what the passage is saying? And that's, that's the they same with you. Are you trying to, are you trying to be carried around everywhere in a wheelchair and just hang out? Or are you trying to have fun? Like, is that, is that like a kid's book that y'all had fun with Nephilims? Yeah. Fun yeah, with yeah. Nephilims. That could be taken wildly out of context. Having fun with Nephilims. Okay. You know I what? Think, I think that was the very problem. Yeah. was having fun having with fun Nephilims. Nephilims. Yeah. Okay, having fun with Nephilims was like my mom found on Reddit. Just no, my mom didn't find this. Don't worry. <laughs> she wasn't. She was. My aunt, who lives in Washington, uh-huh. was talking about how, like, there's these people on hikes and trails that, like, talk about seeing these random staircases in the woods yeah, yeah. of the Pacific Northwest. And then she found this dude who is a, a park ranger, a park ranger, like, search and rescue park ranger, uh-huh. who had been all over these woods not on the trails looking for kids who had seen some really interesting Nephilim-y things, right? And so, Nephilim-y in the sense of supernatural, right. or just being Christian, we've got to be there. has got to be a supernatural stuff doesn't just exist without... Being created by... Yeah, yeah right. So, sure. so. so this dude posted like a lot of his best stories on Reddit, uh-huh. and like it was... It was probably like four or five super, super long posts uh-huh. with multiple stories in it. Yeah, yeah. So one night she like sat down and just started reading us these stories. Uh-huh. And like I, so for a while I was not sold on Supernatural. I was just taught ghosts can't hurt you, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Can't, not real can't hurt you. Then I listened to a podcast from my old youth pastor when he was talking to his uh, best friend and they're both nerds. So they sold me on like supernatural for those reasons. Like yeah, yeah. there's a God, there's Satan, there's obvious, there's demons. There's, right, it's yeah, obviously yeah. real. So I was like, right. okay, supernatural exists. And then just the stuff and the detail that this dude went into. And then I've seen Bigfoot like twice, I think. Um, you sure it wasn't Robert? No, just one, just one of the times Robert was with me. Oh, and we it. ran and got dad with a gun and then Bigfoot decided. Well, to I don't know if that was Bigfoot, but. I don't think it was Bigfoot, it was Bigfoot, but I think it was at least something supernatural. Because what else could it be? Because the next day we we watched the Animal Planet show uh-huh. Finding Bigfoot. Oh, there you go. And what we saw was like two glowing eyes, uh-huh. and there was this weird strobing, like emerald flavored chest light, right? Flavored. And, <laughs> emerald flavored, yeah. Like and <laughs> next day in Finding Bigfoot, they're like they found one lady who had a connection to Bigfoot. She mm-hmm. was probably an Ethelin because uh-huh. she can talk to Bigfoot. Uh, well, there you go. And she said <laughs> that Bigfoot has a glowing emerald chest thing uh-huh. that lets him te- teleport, which perfectly that lines up. why he's never caught. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, so so we saw him. All right. So now that leads to the question then, is Bigfoot supernatural or is he just an alien? He's a Nephilim. Have you no, heard? No, I mean like an alien that like is crash landed on the planet. So He's trapped here. Yeah. So this is my theory on aliens. This is my theory. It could, from it could a be biblical... Chewbacca. Do you do you believe True, in Bigfoot? But this is my do you believe theory. in Bigfoot, or are you still in the whole Genesis thing? Like that's 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 well, I, the, or is it? Different? I'm not sure those. Are okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure those are related. Well, have you heard of the Esau theory? The, that Bigfoot is a descendant of Esau. No, because he is a hairy fellow. Yeah. He is a hairy fellow. But, so this is my opinion on aliens, right? Okay, I don't necessarily believe so. I believe that there could possibly be life out there, but it would have to be like animals in the sense of there can't be like, there can't be like flying saucers, right? With like this technology that's just way ahead of us. Because I think us humans being made in the image of God, right. one of our gifts is creating things right. like that. Right. Like that's one part of it. Right. So, I would assume if God made another species that right. also created in the image of God right. and he was given the gift of being able to create stuff. Uh, yeah. We'd hear that about that. We'd hear about it. But that might be that might be not so so my theory is there could be life out there, but it it's it's gonna be more animal. Holistic. Like it's not gonna be smart. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. like it's not gonna invade her. I don't share that. Because yeah. <laughs> creation, the creation, we've been going in over the creation in BBS, uh-huh. and it very explicitly, like, and I know some people think it's a poem and that God didn't even make day and night. It's all a poem. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask you about That's that nobody, next. Nobody here, so. Um, yeah. Well, right. I'm going to ask you about that next because okay. I've had a lot of conversations with interesting people in high places. But You have an interesting position. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Go, go right. ahead. Okay. So, but... In, in the creation, it's day one is day and night, day two, so on, so on, so on. And yeah. then it's day five, or, yeah, day five is fish of the sea and birds of the heavens, yep. Yep. right? Mm-hmm. Which is very clear. It's the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens. Right, yeah. Um, and heavens, I feel like it's very, obviously, our atmosphere. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, that he's talking about. Maybe that's up for interpretation, though. No, no. And then day six is the gra- the, the, the land animals right. yep. and humans. Yep. So if God also decided to throw a little bit of bacteria on Mars, he probably would have either put that, like, and then there was also some bacteria on the other planet that God made. <laughs> that was day six and a half. Or... Yeah, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like that's necessary. I mean, God tells us uh, what we need to know. Uh-huh. And I don't, you know, I don't need to know whether there's life on, on another planet or not. You know, the story that y'all are doing in VBS this week of creation, fall, you know, redemption, uh-huh. Christ coming again. That's what I need to know. Yeah. And I don't need to know what, what God is doing elsewhere, you know. Um, and so it doesn't, it, it wouldn't bother me either way. It, it, any of the scenarios that we've just discussed where there's no life uh-huh. on any planet all the way out there in all those billions of galaxies or whatever. Uh, that wouldn't bother me. 
to find out that there is only animal life on those other planets wouldn't bother me, and to find out that there's actually intelligent life out there. None of that, none of that changes. Any one of those could be true, and everything that's in the Bible could still be true. Yeah. Right. Like, like so, um, uh, we could we could debate whether a particular shape is an oval or a circle, mm-hmm. right? You, you and it's, say it's you know, it's really close, uh-huh. and you say it's an oval, and I say it's a circle, right? And we're trying to figure out is it an oval or is it a circle? Uh-huh. And uh, uh, no matter which one of us is right, that didn't change anything in the Bible, right? Yeah, and so. Uh, the, the life in outer space to me is the same way. Any of those scenarios could be true, and it wouldn't affect anything that's in the scriptures. Yeah, so. It's um, not going to change how you live. It's not going to change how I live or what I believe or what God has said to be true. Because yeah. the Bible doesn't say there is no life on other planets, yeah. or it doesn't say there is life on other planets. Yeah. And so it's not a thing that I have to decide in order to, you know, be confident. I don't need to be confident that I know this uh-huh. in order to. So, so I have a question then for you, Teddy. Since we've talked about Nephilim and Bigfoot and UFOs, are you a flat earther? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> no, it's just like if it's not a salvation issue, then I take the opinion that just doesn't, in my opinion, contradict the Bible. Like. I dislike how realistic your opinion on Nephilims is. That bothers yeah, me yeah. because you just ruined, you rained on my parade. <laughs> and now I'm not so sure. And we're going to get home till mom's listen to our podcast. Yeah. She's she's always like, she likes talking about Nephilim. Right? Uh-huh. She's going to listen to it and be disappointed too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so no. you rained on my parade. Oh, no. <laughs> you rained on my parade there, which... I mean, I can't really be mad at you, but I'm I'm a little saddened <laughs> by that. Um, but with flat Earth, you know, I'm still not sure because it is technically my fault that she's that our babysitter started um, believing in flat Earth. No, 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 t- trying to indoctrinate us because I was like, we knew this babysitter was whack. You know, she <laughs> her car smelled like pot. Um, she once drove me up somewhere and there was a glass pipe in it, which I didn't know what that was at the time, but now I know. And I'm like, um, but I was like, to all the siblings, it was like lunchtime. I was like, this lady is so crazy. I bet I could convince her that I'm a flat earther. And so I'm like starting to say all this like flat earth stuff. And she's like, yeah, I know you're right. And you're like, (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) I'm right. I'm right. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, you're exactly right. And I was like, no, 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 I was joking. I am not a flat earther. And she was like, well, have you looked at this YouTube channel? He very clearly explains she it. Said too, and, I, and I don't know if it's true. I would be surprised, but she was saying the Bible says it's flat, which my, I didn't think okay. it, I didn't think it did. And how I would argue that is everyone in that time, except for Jesus also thought it was flat. Because Jesus, being God, being God man, would know. Obviously, it's not. But everyone else assumed it was flat. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's true. Um, uh, I was just reading. There were, there were. Uh, to be honest, I think you know most people didn't even think about it, right? If you 
again, back to where I grew up, right? If you never move, if you never leave your county for any reason, you're not really thinking about how far the earth goes or, you know, but uh, uh, there were, if I'm not mistaken, Greek philosophers and mathematicians before the time of Jesus that were already giving proofs for around earth. Mm-hmm. Now, what was common was to think of the earth as the center of the universe. Yep. Uh, and and that the earth revolved around the sun. And so what people will say is that the Bible teaches that the earth is the center of the universe and that as it describes, and we know that because it describes the sun as uh, rotating around the earth, you know, talk about the sun coming up and going down, running its course, Matter of fact, I think it even talks about running its course around the Earth, so that would seem to imply cool. a, a, a non-flat Earth. So, I, so Isaiah eleven twelve says he will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Yeah, <coughs> Rob, that's, that's a metaphor. I, Rob, that's a metaphor. I, I well, know. No, I'm not just a, saying that's where they say that the Bible says it's. Yeah, wrong. yeah, but that yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. The, it's bad interpreted. Yeah, this means north, south, east, and west, yeah. right from the furthest corners. Um, and we we use that language now. So here's what I was going to say in terms of the sun rising, the sun setting, and uh-huh. its course, and that sort of thing. Um, uh, the the Bible is written from the human perspective just like the weather forecast is mm-hmm. so when you're watching your evening weather forecast the uh the he'll the he'll talk about you know sunrise will be at such and such and sunset he describes it as a course of the of the earth of the as a as if the sun were turning rather than us spinning and uh but that's because that's how we perceive it Mm-hmm. And so we use that sort of language in terms of uh, what we perceive. The sun running its course or the moon running its course across the sky. When we know, we know we're spinning. We're the one turning. Yeah. But we still will describe it from our perspective of what we see. And the Bible does the same thing. It's just written from that human perspective. So talking a lot about conspiracies okay. and a lack thereof. <laughs> And disappointing lack thereof. Um, do you believe in the moon landing? Yes. Only because it would be uh, well, yeah, just because we can do that. <laughs> well, okay. No. Okay, okay, okay. So, do you believe in the moon landing when, like, the government has told us that we landed on the moon? Because, like, of course we could go to the moon. Like, Elon Musk, probably, that's his, like, weekend vacation. Right. As a moon. But yeah, he's hanging out on the dark side. He probably has a robot, like just doing stuff for him while he's gone. Yeah. But do you believe like El- and Elvis and Marilyn Monroe were actually at a resort on the backside of the moon? Built by Elon Musk. Yes. <laughs> um now, like, now. Do you Yeah, they're both in their eighties, but they're still there. Yeah. So do you, <laughs> do you... Okay. <laughs> How's that? Is, is that a good conspiracy for you? That honestly I makes up just made that one up. I don't, you know, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say what that. brought you to that conclusion. That makes up. Robert, don't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes up for the Nephilim. So, do you believe that? Um, 
do you believe that um like the moon landing happened when like the whole space race was going on and america said we won yeah yeah do you think like that's when we won does that make sense uh well that's when that's when russia gave up i don't know if that's when we won july 16th yeah yeah that we actually hit the moon yeah okay I'm asking because, like, we were talking about that. We were talking about funny conspiracy theories that are a tale. And I was like, like, completely sarcastically to my mom. I was like, what, do you not believe in the moon landing, too? (laughs) And she was like, "Mm." I was like, what? Which is really funny for my dad because my dad's grandfather worked for NASA, like, at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so, like, my, like, my dad is like said like he remembers like seeing these just like super great high quality photographs uh-huh. for the time. Right. Yeah. Of like Mars, Jupiter, like all that stuff is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the you know m- conspiracies are tough because people uh, no like pulling off a conspiracy. Oh, oh, I is see. tough because people aren't good at keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, most conspiracy theories are just always going to be wrong because people aren't that good at keeping secrets. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things about, you know, uh, people would say things to the effect that, um, you know, like Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. It was just a story. Mm-hmm. But people aren't that good at keeping secrets. Yeah. You know. That, you know, if they had really just stolen his body from the tomb, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. it would have gotten out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because again, these are fishermen. Yeah. <laughs> fishermen. Right. It's not like the government. Like, well, isn't right, that right. isn't that technically what the Pharisees and scribes told the people is that yeah, the disciples stole, stole his body? Stole yeah. his body. Yeah, so yeah. that's what the Jews believe is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so some people have like reasonable reason to believe because politicians of the time said stole his body. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where it went, but that tabernacle being broken just coincidence. Excuse me. How did some people steal a body out from under a Roman soldier? (laughs) He was in on it. He was was a disciple. Oh, that's right. I got you. That Roman soldier was Judas, reformed. Reformed Judas. Reformed? Yeah. Judas, like... Like after he killed himself? Yeah. yeah. He came back. Nephilim. <laughs> 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 came back as a Nephilim. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, man. We could start a separate podcast just based off of conspiracy theories at this point. Possibly. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe's on the moon. Yes. Elon Musk is also on the With moon. With Elvis. Don't forget. Marilyn With Elvis. With Elvis. Yeah, they're... they're yeah. Um, shacking up, and they didn't get married. So we need a teaching elder to go up there, maybe with a couple ruling elders, yes, and start a church. Yes, allegedly a Christian. Who what? Elvis. Uh, I mean, he had he had he definitely had a religious background, and and that's how he started singing, right? Yeah, he grew up singing in the choir, as it were. And uh, you know, and did a couple of religious albums, but interesting. I don't know, uh, 
Så er det Kanye. Ja, så er det Kanye. Ja, ja. Det er 